I have so enjoyed not only just being here, but getting to talk to a lot of you in the breaks and at the mealtime. And I, I just want to encourage you, there's a lot more of you than me. So if I haven't met you yet, as the weekend progresses, I'd love just to shake your hand, even if it's a two-minute conversation. Um, just know I'd enjoy that if you guys have time or want to do that. I'm, I'm here for you, and I really want to get to know you as much as I can while I'm here. On the journals, I hope that your journal and the one, if you were here with the spouse, that your spouse got, I hope that was both good and disruptive because there's no magic to what was done at all in the terms of the words, but I hope that each of you felt like it was for you because it was for you from God. And the invitation that God has throughout this whole weekend is, you can hear my voice. I'm a good father. I speak to my children. In fact, all of Scripture is God speaking to his sons and daughters. And so the beautiful thing is when we read Scripture and we hear David talking about hearing God's voice, or Moses, or Abraham, like we either have to come to the conclusion that the Bible is a book of exceptions, well, that was them, but now I just get to read their stories, or we come to the conclusion that it's a book of examples, I get to be that man, that woman. God wants to father me like he did father. He's not a different father today than he was then. So it's a beautiful thing when we step into that. And the words in your journal is just a taste of, I think, what God wants to speak to you in this journey that you're in with him. Now we're going to start with a film clip. And it's from the movie Patch Adams. And... The movie, is a, it's a, it has some rough things in the movie, but the scene I want to show you is where Patch sits down with an older sage, a mentor, and it's where he gets his name, Patch. Robin Williams plays his character. And watch what happens. Watch how the sage shows him a new way to see life. The invitation is to see the world in a new way by looking past the problem and seeing the father. That's what he invites us to do. And you notice even the character there, the sage character, was saying to do that, you have to start seeing things unlike others do. You have to move past fear. We talked about fear and love-based decisions earlier. You have to move past the fear of the unknown. You have to move past the, um, the disruption of what could God invite me into, into the joy and the trust of seeing the Father through life, through the problems. And by the way, in your journal, write down this question for later, because I hope you'll come back to some of these things later. The question that the Robin Williams character, Patch, asked him at the end, what do you see when you see me? That's a question I want you to ask God. In your own time, God, when you see me, what do you see? A lot of Christians would say, well, when he looks at us, he sees sinners, or he sees messes, or he sees problems. I think God sees sons and daughters who he loves going through life with. But ask him and listen to what he says. God, what do you think of me? Who am I to you, God? It's a great It's a question of intimacy, which is what God invites us into. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about 
there are two realms. And so I'm going to go to the next slide, and we're just going to kind of go through. What does it look like? Let's see if this will... So the first realm, if you're in your journal, maybe take a fresh left-hand and right-hand page, and on the left-hand page, just right at the top, the orphan realm. This is the first realm of the two. And then the next realm, I'll tell you what it's called when we get to it, but leave the right-hand page free for that. Now, a realm is a place, in my language, the way I'm using it, it's where we exist, okay? It's the atmosphere of your home, the atmosphere of wherever you are, whatever you go into, you bring a presence, an atmosphere. And it's also the lens through which you interpret your life. We all interpret our lives. We bring an interpretation to it, like a story. If I were to sit down with you and say, tell me about your life, you would interpret it. Well, I've had a really hard life. Or, well, I've had a really beautiful life. Or, here are the themes of my story. We all bring that interpretation. But it also affects not only how you see yourself in your story, but how others feel when they're around you. Let me give you an example. Think about if you had to take a 12-hour road trip with a family member who maybe you find it a little hard to get along with. What would the atmosphere in the car be with the two of you for 12 hours? There's an atmosphere. Okay? You could take that same road trip with your best friend and the same car, the same road, the same everything, except for the person, and the atmosphere would be radically different. Okay, so that's what I'm getting at is this realm, this place we exist, and the orphan realm is the first of the two we're gonna talk about. Now, people who are in the orphan realm, let me give you some of the character traits. They feel overwhelmed a good bit of the time. They feel isolated alone, even when they're in a crowd of people, even when they're in a bustling family. They feel weary, disheartened a good bit of the time. They, uh, there's a lot of striving, a search for validation in what they do. There's a lot of competition a lot of control, and a sense of offense happens a lot. A lot of the people in the orphan realm tend to be offended by a lot of what life brings. And here's the deal. They live without much hope. They really just kind of hope nothing bad happens. The greatest hope is, I hope nothing tragic happens. They didn't live without a lot of dreams. A lot of their dreams that they grew up with have been demeaned. They've downgraded the dreams. The dreams are pretty small now. They're things that they can accomplish in their own strength. Because after all, if it's all up to me, all I can count on is what I can make happen. And God's presence, well, the people in the orphan realm can believe in God but they don't really do life with God. There's belief, there's not active intimacy with him. It's a really stressful place to live and to be. 
I'm going to show you uh, the next slide I think is going to go to a picture. Yep. This is what it feels like to live in the orphan realm. You've got a lot of baggage. It's all kind of coming out. You're trying to hold it together. And you really can't quite see what's coming up. It's an overwhelmed, stressful, heavy place. Now, let's see. I'm not sure this clicker is working, so I may need you to, to. The only way in the orphan realm to be more is to do more. So the more that you do, the more validation you hope to get. But then the only problem is you have to keep doing more. I used to be a classic poster guy for the orphan realm. Very successful in my uh, corporate career earlier and very driven. And I was the make it happen guy and I had no life of the heart. But I could get things done. And the more I did, the more I was rewarded. And so I'd do more and I would get rewarded more and I'd do more to the point where when I was in my late 20s, mid 20s, this was a little before 9-11, thankfully. But I had a video crew, and we were going to go do an author video shoot. And the crew got on the plane. I was distracted. I look up. The plane's boarded. It was a small commuter plane of maybe like 60, 70 people. And I ran up to the front desk and said, I've I got to get on the plane. Like I, I'm, I'm with this crew. And the lady said, I'm sorry. It's already boarded. Your ticket's been given away to somebody on standby. Doors are shut. You're not getting on the flight. She walks off. Well, I was so driven that I waited for her to leave for a second, went out the emergency exit door, walked onto the tarmac, and stood in front of the plane with my luggage, and literally faced off the plane. And the plane blinked, like the pilot got out, and he came up to me and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting on the plane. Well, we've already given your seat away. Well, that person needs to get off the plane, it's my seat. And it actually happened, like they made that person exit. I got on. And I was like, mission accomplished. Like, cool. And, and everybody on the plane, other than the video crew, you know, thought I was the biggest jerk in the world. And I was, but I thought success simply meant getting things done. And if it means getting things done, I'll get it done. That's an orphan mindset. It was all up to me, and at any cost, I would get it done. Okay. Next slide is, it's a fear-based realm. We talked about love and fear. The orphan realm is a fear-based realm. It may not look like fear, like biting your fingernails, nervous, hide under the sheets fear. It may look like a very controlling, driven person. Getting things done is good, but it's good when you're in the right place on a heart level. So the orphan realm is a fear-based realm. The next slide, I think, is a, is a video, and let's go to that. I want to show you what this looks like. This is a, it's a humorous clip, but watch in it the striving and the result of that striving. It's I Love Lucy. It's a, it's a scene from the chocolate episode where they're with the conveyor belt, and it's a classic orphan scene in terms of drivenness, stress, hiding what you're not getting done trying to make it look like everything's working. Watch this scene. So that's the view, uh, that's the effect, that's the feeling in the orphan realm is 
try to hold it together, keep doing more, keep doing more. The more you do, the more it speeds up until you can't do it anymore, and then you start hiding it in your pockets and in your hat and hope nobody notices. And even when the boss thinks you're still doing well, it's an illusion, you're really not, you're overwhelmed, the response is, great, speed it up. We'll give you more. That's the orphan realm. Now, the next slide is um, we're going to go into just a little bit about how God is viewed. In the orphan realm, God is primarily a teacher, and we have to master the lesson. Now, God is a teacher, but he's not primarily, that's not his primary identity. God is a teacher, but in the orphan realm, that's the primary way we see God, meaning there's a lesson to learn, and we need to master that lesson. And then the next slide, it goes into, if we're students, then our goal is to pass the test. We hope we stay in God's will. We hope we aren't making him upset. Tell us what's on the test so we can learn that and then achieve that. Now, God loves to teach us things, but think about your role as a parent. What if at the end of your days, you're on your deathbed, your kids are gathered around, and they said, Mom, Dad, I just got to tell you the thing that I think most when I think of you is you just taught me really good lessons. And, like, what about relationship? What about love? What about, you know, lessons are good. Lessons are not intimacy. But that's how people tend to see God in the orphan realm. He's distant, he's unpredictable, and he's performance-driven. We have to perform. And by the way, in the orphan realm, you know, I said it's doing over being. We often start to see God that way. We, we reverse it to where our view of God is what God does for us, not who God is. We give God an orphan God personality, meaning, well, I evaluate God by what he does. If I don't think he's coming through for me, it's not going very well with me and God. That's the orphan mindset. It's a place where there's scarcity, there's winners or losers, and success is actually failure. Because if you succeed in the orphan realm, you're just succeeding at living as an orphan without a father. There's a quote that I think is the next screen. Um, okay, let's go through one more. Success is getting by only to have to get up and do it again and again. That's why there's exhaustion in the orphan realm. The next uh, screen is a quote, I think. It's a realm of without. And then, is there one more, Joe, that has a, yeah, George MacDonald is a Scottish poet, and he's a pastor, and what he said is, without God, man must fail miserably or succeed even more miserably. The orphan realm is a place where we're trying to get it done, and God is really absent, and we are on our own. Life is up to us. Now, the next realm, and the next slide we're going to go into is the freedom realm. That's the right side it's a much more fun place to be, to talk about, and to go into. The freedom realm, as opposed to the orphan realm, this is a place where really it's full of life, full of hope, and it's a place where we live actively and intimately with God. 
The beautiful thing about the freedom realm is people there let go of the illusion of control. We don't control even if we wake up after we go to sleep at night. We have less control over our life than makes us probably comfortable. You can eat the best, healthiest food. You can work out every day. You can have your blood pressure perfect. You can have everything as healthy as you can get it, and you can walk across the street and a car can run you over. Right? Like, we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. In the freedom realm, we let go of that control, of that, of that smaller story. We no longer need all the answers. It's a place of embracing questions. One of the most beautiful things in my marriage with Kelly is now uh, I can go home and we can be talking about a topic and she can ask me a question and I can say, you know what? I have no idea. I have no idea what we're going to do. Let's ask God. Let's talk to God. Let's ask him and see what he says because it's not all up to me. It's not all up to you. We actually have the smartest person in the universe with us named God. Let's invite him in and see what he says. I'm going to uh, show you. Let's go to the next slide. This is a picture as opposed to the woman with all the, the luggage and bags, this is a picture of the freedom realm. It's your hand in the Father's hand. Now, I was talking to some young kids recently about this message, and I showed them this picture. And one of the kids raised their hand, probably a fourth grade or third grader, and said, uh, wait, I'm not sure, I'm not clear, which one is God's hand? And I thought, well, that's a cute question, but it's kind of obvious. like, you know. And so I said, well, what do you think? And he said, well, I think God's hand is the smaller hand because the older hand is all wrinkly and God never gets older, but we do. And so I think God's hand is actually the hand that's not older and more wrinkled because God is ageless. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool. But however you see the hands, that's the image in the freedom realm. Next slide, please. In this, God is primarily a good father as opposed to primarily a teacher, and he's inviting us on a journey. Think about when you invite your kids on a trip. You're not doing it most of the time to hopefully to teach them a lesson. It's to have shared intimacy, to do something together. Next slide. We are sons and daughters, and we're loved unconditionally. God doesn't love us the more we do, he loves us because of who we are, okay? And it's a love-based realm. The freedom realm is a love-based realm. It's not like the game Operation. Remember that game where every time your little needle nose, you know, kind of thing that you're holding hits the edge, and, and some people see that with God, like, oh, oh no, I did this, or ah, I, I'm going to have to earn my way back into his good graces, that's not the freedom realm mindset. It's a love-based realm. I think the next one is the next one a video. So I'm going to show you this video that's about to come up. It's actually a commercial for Cheerios, of all things. But forget that it's a cereal commercial, okay? Look at it mythically. We talked in the last session about having a mythic vision of how things are. So literally, it's a dad with his family in a Cheerios commercial. Mythically... 
Uh, go back just a sec. I'm sorry. That one will just start up when you go to it. Um, mythically, though, I want you to see in this man the attributes of a good father. Think about these attributes even in terms of God as a father. And now let's watch this and, and we'll talk about it. Isn't that a great commercial? That is to me this ideal dad who, he says, when the rules are broken, I'm the what? Enforcer. When hearts are broken, I'm a reinforcer. Tender, but strong love. He has rules, and he's tender. He tells his wife she's hot. He tells the boy how to wear a hat to be a man, to be a boy. When he talks to his daughter, Victoria, and he says, hey, that profile pic, I thought the first time I saw it, he was going to say, take it down. But he says, it's awesome. I think sometimes we shortchange God because we don't think he is the most fun person in the room. But he invented humor. He invented joy. He invented laughter. He's more of everything that we love than we are. That's the God of the freedom realm. Now, in this realm, we get to live by mystery and faith, not formula. But that's okay. We don't need formula. God could give us a map for everything in our life, advanced words for everything. He could take the risk out of everything. Hey, you want to try that crazy job across the country? Let me tell you in five years what will happen. Let me tell you in 10 years what it will look like. Let me take care of every small detail ahead of time and guarantee you how it's going to be. But rather than guarantees, God gives us himself. Rather than guarantees, he says, I'll go with you. I'll go before you. I'll go with you. But I'm not going to tell you all the details. You don't get guarantees of how everything will turn out. You get me. Are you in? Do you want to ride? That's the freedom realm. That's the invitation. And that's really our choice. We have a choice. Do we go through life with God actively, intimately, or do we go through life largely without him, knowing about him, but not actually living as sons and daughters, living more as students or living more as servants or living more as rule keepers? There's really no in-between. There's really no middle ground. We're going to be in one of those realms most of the time, most of our life. And the goal is to get out of the orphan realm. Nobody in the orphan realm thinks they're in the orphan realm. But when you hear the traits of the orphan realm, it's a good sign of it's smelling salts of, is that where I spend more time? So the question in your journal for later is, what realm do you spend the most time in, most of the time? A good question if you're married to ask your spouse or someone you know is, hey, on these character traits, where would I fall? And a good question for God is, how can I grow in my identity as a son or daughter to know you as a good father, to live in more freedom? There's no shame in being stuck in the orphan realm. The invitation, though, is to leave it and move into freedom. In your church, a lot of churches exist in the orphan realm. A lot of homes operate between marriages and between children 
as an orphan mindset, the more you do, the better graces you're in. The less you do, the less good it is. There's no shame if we're in that place, but the, the goal is to leave it and infuse in our children a sense of, here's what it's like to live in freedom, to know God as Father, to walk as sons and daughters. That's what all the great prophets, all the great stories of the Bible, if you really boil it down, it was invitations into sonship and daughterhood. It wasn't just to get things done, it was to do things with God that they couldn't do on their own.